Hello there. Welcome to a brand new series of the Rock and Road podcast. Before we continue, please on YouTube, follow me at Leona Graham there and subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can watch the videos of the podcast. Please also subscribe on whatever format you're listening to me on. It could be on Google, Spotify or Apple. Please subscribe and review. Go on, give me five stars. Even though you haven't heard anything yet, you know it's going to be good. Right, I have a review today of the new Porsche Taycan 4S, all electric. It is amazing. I'm going to have a chat with Absolute Radio breakfast presenter and all-round nice guy, Dave Berry. And you can hear my thoughts on the new Foo Fighters album. I'm here right now with one of the most impressive looking cars I have ever seen. It is the Porsche Taycan. It's their first fully electric car. The Taycan has entered the market head-to-head with the Tesla range. It's absolutely beautiful. The colour of it is a pale blue. The wheels are huge. I'm going to have to get my tape measure out and measure that in a minute. But, uh, let's just see how far it comes up to my leg. Halfway up my thigh. That wheel is huge. The style of it is beautiful. The curves, the angles. Coming round to the back, it rounds up round the boot. And then down the other side to a very wide front. We had to be careful parking this on my drive because I've got a tree halfway across the drive, so it made it a little bit tight. Let's see how practical it is. Well, it's a, it's a five-seater. Let's have a look at the boot area. Because this is an electric car, there is storage in both the front and the back. That took me by surprise. Open the bonnet to have a look at the, well, engine. There is no engine. It's just batteries underneath. The boot has got 407 litres of space and the front, or fruit as they like to call it these days, has 81 litres. So plenty of luggage space. I've just got inside the car and my first thoughts were, well, how do I move the seat forward? Where's the controls? And suddenly the seat just moved to the perfect position all by itself. It must know how tall I am and it's just perfect. Next thing I notice is the steering wheel is swayed. Very nice. So that feels soft and warm immediately. On a cold winter's day like this, this feels nice. It's pumping hot air at me. Again, I haven't asked it to do this, but it's in some kind of auto mode. The dashboard is one long computer screen. This is a little bit like um, driving a computer or a tablet device because I've got the dashboard in front of me all completely computerized. The middle section, the media, again, computerized screen, which then leads nicely into a sat nav, which is in front of the passenger. It does make for a beautiful looking dashboard. And then coming down to the middle console, again, another screen with the heating controls on. I've got two cup holders, nice and big, which expand and contract depending on the size of your cup. Now let's open this just trying to find how you open it, because everything's electronic. Is there a button? Ah, yes, a physical button to open the middle console, which has got some extra storage. And that's got a 12 volts point there. Oh, a little clippy thing to perhaps put some paper or a phone. No, so the middle console doesn't contain much, but, you know, this isn't designed to be your average family car, so you're not going to have too many things in there, probably. They continue the beautiful blue colour of the car on the interior. So actually the door handle to exit the car is the same as the exterior in the lovely blue which carries through to the side of the door. Oh wow, it looks like there's a screen in the back 
as well. So the kids will like that. They've got their own temperature controls. I'll get them to review what they like about it shortly. The seats are, the front uh, seats here are bucket seats, which are made up of a mixture of suede and some kind of mesh material, which looks quite hard wearing and probably will last well. Just trying to find out where to put the car into drive. There's no controls on the middle console. Oh, here it is. Okay, the gear selector is actually on the left of the steering wheel by the indicator stalk. And if you flick it down to D, then it also says that on my screen in front of me as well. Okay, let's go. The road ramp here, I'm going to slow right down because it's very low at the front. And oh, on the dashboard, it's got a 20 miles an hour sign, which is good, a little reminder what speed limit I'm in. It's also got something else going on on the left here. There's a blue dot in the left-hand side of the dashboard. I don't understand what that is at this moment. It's wiggling all over the screen. Okay, I'm gonna to have to ask my producer what that is. Shane, can you tell me what that blue dot is, please? It's jumping around as I accelerate and brake. It goes to the left and to the right. Hmm, interesting. Now it tells me I'm on 95%, which is good to know because of course this is an electric car. Slightly more advanced than that Golf electric car I had. Oh, that car's decided to pull out front. Luckily, I've got good brakes. The battery charge time on this is 0 to 100% in around nine and a half hours at 9.6 kilowatts. Now, of course, Porsches are proper driver's cars. So how does it feel making this electric? So far, I don't see any issues with it at all. It certainly shifts. One of the best things about electric performance cars is the instant delivery of power. The acceleration really throws you back into your seat. Uh, this 4S has 490 brake horsepower, meaning it's gonna do 0 to 60 in four seconds. Yep, four seconds. The range of this 4S is approximately 257 miles combined. So that's city and highway. But if it's driven gently, this can get up to 325 miles per charge. I'm not a gentle driver, so that won't happen for me. I was in two lanes there, really narrow, and the car on the left sort of came into my lane a little bit, and I had to go through quite a big pothole. I was a bit worried about that, but the right-hand wheels just bounced in and out very gently, so good suspension. What I like about looking at it from here, the driver's seat, is I can see the beautiful swellings on the right and the left-hand wings. So I can't see the bonnet, but I can just see it where the bonnet goes up to the right and to the left. And it gives me an idea of its width. It's quite a wide car, but also its beauty. I mean, it's absolutely stunning, particularly the color of this one. It's a really lovely pale blue. Now this model that I'm driving is a Taycan 4S. The 4S is one up from the base model. It's got a top speed of 155 miles an hour. In terms of luxury, it feels like you're driving something really posh. It is literally turning heads as I'm driving down the road. People are stopping and staring. Now I'm gonna head out onto a road that I can go much faster on to really put this to the test. Visibility is good. Lovely big windscreen at the front, the wing mirrors are nice and large, really good vision of the blind spots. The rear view mirror obviously shows a smaller back window where the back screen is tilted down, but I've got enough vision there to see what's going on behind me. Right, let's pull out into this lane here and floor it. I'm gonna put my foot down. <laughs> my head just smashed into the headrest. Got a bit of whiplash. <laughs> this is incredible. 
is it worth the price tag of £119,000, 119. This particular model's got quite a lot of spec on it, so over that figure. Love this suede steering wheel. I've never driven with anything suede. Certainly couldn't come in here after I've been doing DIY. You'd have to keep it clean. You know that Golf I drove in the last series? It was quite jerky. And that is, I think, something that comes with these electric cars. The brakes on this one are not so uh, stop-start. They, they, they control the car a little bit more smoothly, but the acceleration can certainly throw you back. I remember before as well saying that the electric Golf I have was a bit like driving a go-kart. This is not like a go-kart. This is a Porsche, and you can tell it is. I think it's time to get the radio on. I can only find out how to turn it up on this little button at the moment. There must be an easier way. Okay, my first uh, thoughts about the music is that as it got louder, it got very, very trebly and almost started to distort. So I think that just needs some adjustments in the settings. I would have thought that Bose would have a good sound system. Now, if you say, hey, Porsche, to the car, she talks back at you. How can I help you? Can you give me directions to B&Q in New Malden? No, nothing to that. Okay. One moment. Oh. Searching for your destination. Here she comes. She's taking her time. Come on, lady. I have found no results for this search. Please say your desired destination again. Please give me directions to... One moment, please. Your entry is still being processed. Yeah, No I results could be found for your search. Yeah, give please me a minute, a woman. destination. Hey, Portia. Stop navigation. I'm sorry, but I cannot help you with that. Hey, Portia. Stop. I'm sorry, but I cannot help you with that. Hey, Porsche! Stop the navigation! Oh, she doesn't like being told off. She's on silent now. Hey, Porsche! Please end the navigation. Aborting your route guidance. Ah, uh, she just needed to be spoke to nicely. Now, I've picked up Dexter. Let's see what he thinks of the car. Dexter, we haven't actually gone anywhere yet, but what's your first impressions? The first impression is there's... Uh... There's heating uh, here, and it's excellent. And there's the it's really stylish. I love it. With regards to the heating, the first thing he's done is come along and fiddle with all the heating controls. We're now dying of heat because he's got his own controls in the back there, which are rather impressive. And are they buttons or a screen? Screen and buttons. Now, is it comfortable in the back there? All their settings. Uh-oh. Of music. Music? I'm not sure I want you to have this much control over these settings. Right, should we go for a drive? Yes. Oh, my God. I'm going to feel sick. Oh. I feel sick. That made me feel sick. That was like being in a fairground ride. Okay. Stop the car. Stop the car. Okay, I'm now in the car with Harley. And first impressions, Harley, before we set off. It's very technologically inclined. Ooh. Yeah, there's like four screens just in the front bit and there's one in the back yeah dexter awesome. took great delight on turning the aircon on and off <laughs> the whole of the last journey so let's go i'm going to pull away you ready yeah 
Why isn't it making any sound? Because it's electric. Can we get an electric car? I don't know. Can we keep this car? No. Life is so sad. I've had the car for a few days now and a chance to settle in with it. And I think like most new tablet devices, like, you know, if you've got an iPhone and then you try and use an Android or vice versa, it's a bit frustrating to trying to work out what does what. So there's been a little bit of that getting used to it. Obviously, once it's your own car and you've had it for a while, it will all come naturally. But it is a little bit frustrating at first because everything is so much like a tablet device. And with all of these things, they crash, don't they? And at the moment, I'm driving along and the middle console, which is normally got all the settings, media unit and everything, is just spinning. It's just a blue circle spinning, which just makes me laugh. Another thing to know is you can increase the sound of the vehicle because obviously driving an electric car is weird because it's so silent. But there is an option to hear an enhanced version of the electric noise as you accelerate, which I've left on and I quite like that now. It's given me a tiny bit more of that sporty feel. But I do think they ought to invent a full on petrol sounding effect so that you can really get the growl as you're pulling away. We're back in the studio now and a chance to speak to my producer, Shane. Shane, what on earth is that blue dot on the dashboard? So that blue dot, Leona, is your G-force indicator. So when you put your foot down and it throws you back in your seat and you're like, wow, that is your G-force. The reason you have the indicator itself is pretty much a show-off piece, unless you're taking it around a track. I was wondering, what is the purpose of it? I mean, obviously I can feel the G-force, but why do I need a blue dot wobbling around to show it to me? Uh, because it looks awesome and because when you go to the pub that night you can walk in you can look at people and go yeah i've got 2g yeah (laughs) and people will be interested will they though shane this is the question will they be interested probably not the only people who were interested in that blue dot were my kids and dexter's seven so i think that says it all an unnecessary gadget I wouldn't say unnecessary. If it brings joy to the kids and car nerds like me, that's all that matters. And on that note, Shane, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Now, get back to editing. Please welcome to the Rock and Road podcast, host of the Absolute Radio breakfast show, Dave Berry. Hello, Leona. How are you? Very well, thanks, Dave. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yes, um, I'm very excited to be on. Um, I... I kind of quite like rock and I kind of quite like the road. So this is going to be brilliant. I'm not promising to be your greatest ever guest or most knowledgeable, but I'll give it my best shot for you. We don't need knowledge here. We just need a passion for, well, music, I suppose, and driving. That I've got. Well, one of those I've got, (laughs) as as you'll discover. (laughs) Okay. first of all, um, what car do you drive? Uh, We drive a Mercedes-Benz GLE 350. Oh, beautiful. Now, I know that you're you're not into driving because you, you, you live in London and I presume you use public transport and you walk. Um, so you're not yeah. really that into driving. But when you do drive, do you enjoy it? Um, I don't really. I find it quite um, I, I, I find it quite anxiety inducing, if I'm honest. And and that's probably um, because we're in a big city. My, my wife, Sarah Jane, is, is a much better driver than me. She does all of the driving. And, and the reason we, we kind of got the, the big car really was because um, before, let's just say all of this stuff happened. So before all of this stuff <laughs> happened, uh, we'd got into a really nice little routine of going and seeing her parents who live in, in the Peak District in, in Derbyshire. 
year, which is a beautiful part of the world. And uh, so we would go up with my daughter, with our daughter, sorry, and my two ne- our two nieces as well, Alice and Penny, oh. who are uh, who are kind of eight and five. And yeah. so we'd all just get into the car and go and drive on those nice country roads, which is a different experience of driving. You know, yeah. driving in and around a kind of uh, national park in the Peak District is, is quite a pleasure. But as you said, Leona, and you're right, when it comes to, to getting about in London town, I've always found it uh, a lot easier just to um, just to get public transport or walk. And also, and this is a very sad realisation, and I don't say this with any pride, but it, it dawned on me uh, quite early on that if I wasn't working, I was probably drinking and so there's no point in having a car because i have to get a cab home anyway um so we're looking forward to getting the the car back up to, to derbyshire with all the family in it yeah. and um that's certainly something i'm looking forward to i know you like your pub visits we know this <laughs> <laughs> just look at your instagram the amount of photographs yeah. are just a pint <laughs> so so what was your first car um my first car was a ford escort 1.4 LX. Oh, what a beauty. Well, yeah, I mean What mark was it? Do you remember or what year? It was an it was an F reg. Okay. So I don't know what year that makes it, Leona, but this would have been around 96, I suppose, and it wouldn't yeah. have been brand new then, but um I uh yeah, I, I I kind of when I looked up my old car in preparation for talking to you, uh my first car, I should say, uh, I I was thrilled and slightly surprised to see that the uh Ford Escort 1.4 uh, LX is is under classic cars for sale now. <laughs> That's right. That is absolutely right. It didn't seem like such a classic to me. But the thing is, um, Leona, I mean, you know, I know you've had lots of people talking about their first cars and stuff on this podcast. And I know that you're, you know, a big fan of of vehicles on the whole. But for me, and I think I speak for a lot of people, the reason I got a car or wanted to drive in the first place was because of girls. It's because girls like older boys because older boys have got cars. And this isn't necessarily the truth or even based in any fact. But that's just how my teenage age hormonal filled body and brain saw the situation so i, I got a car um did you have a good from, music system in it to impress the girls with i, I didn't i just had a, i think i had a tape deck in there i didn't even <laughs> add any uh, i think i had a, i even had a teddy bear on the dashboard at one oh. point I, the boy racer i was not <laughs> admittedly i'm a i'm a teenager from southeast london in an escort and i know that's that conjures up a certain stereotype it does but it does I was far from that stereotype. We would trundle along, me and my girlfriend at the time, to Blue Water uh, at, a, 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 the, at the relegate, you know, at the given forty miles an hour that we were allowed to do, not not a little bit faster or slower. Um, it was all signal manoeuvre and all that other stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, and I kind of quickly went from finding that that was not the most enjoyable way of spending time with my girlfriend driving around there are other things to do I think yeah because because you were brought up in the city it wasn't your number one thing whereas I was in the countryside so cars as a teenager was everything so yes I see that and it's and I understand it my, my wife was the same brought up as I say in Derbyshire and she talks very differently about you know, getting a car and why she got it. And there's that lovely thing about that kind of, that American idealism of that dream of it being the kind of 1950s and 1960s and young people getting their first cars and hitting the open road. And, you know, and I, I love the romance of all of that. And, and you're right, being as I am a city dweller, that, that probably was slightly wasted on me. Yeah. yeah, it was a totally different experience. I mean, what music were you listening to when you were driving around back then? 
uh, back then, um, you you couldn't come near me back then without hearing something from the Ocean Colour Scene album Mosley Shoals or um, Paul Weller's Stanley Road. I know you're not that into cars, but yes. if you had an unlimited budget, oh. let's say, and you weren't in London, what would be your dream vehicle? Now, being in London or not, and when I say that I'm not that into cars, it's more into driving. I can really appreciate the beauty of a of a good car oh, you know okay. like the the, yep. gotcha. the kind of the gull wing when you look at a 1950s mercedes gull wing it just gives you shivers down your spine and mm-hmm. when i see these works of art these classic cars uh it, it really does do it for me and and it's almost kind of like the reason that i've never made any steps into even possibly owning such a car is because i feel that i wouldn't be d- deserving of it it would just sit in the garage or it would just sit on the driveway or wherever it may be parked in the road and it wouldn't get the love it wouldn't get treated the way in which something of its beauty uh, and standing in engineering history deserves to be treated <laughs> so, although i can imagine you in it because you're into your designer clothes looking very well, stylish <laughs> yeah you know it would make a great photo shoot well thanks leona that's basically as you know my, my life is just a series of thoughts that are <laughs> different photo shoots um but no listen when i was at school we were a an amazing opportunity that uh, I was in the school orchestra yet leave it third clarinet thanks for asking (laughs) and um, we got to go to San Francisco and and did a kind of school swap with with some pupils there and we we were we were out there and my host was a was a guy called Jesse we were both about 14 years old and one of the days we were there we went up for a huge family barbecue uh, out into the Napa Valley area where his auntie lived and they had a really big family and I didn't know this but his cousin for a job um restored um ford mustangs oh and he'd been doing it so long and become so successful at it and i'd never seen a ford mustang before being a boy from south london only being 14 years of age uh he'd gifted his entire family one that he'd fixed up himself so this fleet of different colored shaped size mustangs all arrived on this massing sweeping driveway outside the auntie's house that overlooked the wine region of the napa valley and two of my loves were born then wine and the 1965 <laughs> Ford Mustang GT in black with a cherry red interior, please, Leona. Thank you. That's so generous of you to buy me that car. Good choice. Now, we know about the music you listened to back then. What do you listen to now when you're heading out into the countryside? Well, my uh, my wife, who does most of the driving, and therefore it is only fair that she is in charge of the sounds. Oh, that's fair um, with you, yeah. Uh, she is a Kiss slash Capital Extra fan uh, when it comes to what we would. So she likes to a bit of dance music. Yeah, that's what she likes, and she she likes to get into into that. And um, so we might have a little bit of that. Then, obviously, since we've become uh, parents, we also have um, Coco Melon, which is basically the wheels on the bus go round and round, <laughs> played on repeat while Evie sits in the back looking out the window. Oh. Um, but when we were kind of uh, just a, a two, and we were making the the drives back from you know some of the places we would visit in the UK, which we're, we're always fans of doing and love used to love to do, uh, we'd we'd often have an audio book. We'd get an audio book on that's quite nice I've, i don't think i've tried audiobooks whilst driving 
Yeah, it's a, it works for us. I mean, what the ones we're listening listening to, even if we try to listen to them at the same time, that never works. You can't. It's like you know the thing where someone, you know, your partner might go and watch the next episode of something yes. on Netflix without you. Yeah. Uh, well, Sarah Jane and I have that, and we have that again with audio books. <laughs> but it depends who's taken Evie's monitor in the night because if I'm up at four a.m., I'm getting stuck in, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. So quite. Uh, Things that we've already listened to or things that just offer a scientific opinion or might have a little fact. You go, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so we, we tend to stick those on. That's absolutely brilliant. I will use that as a top tip. Although slightly concerned because I listen to audiobooks at bedtime to help me sleep. So I don't know oh, if right. it would be, yeah. be, be safe. <laughs> yeah, be, be very careful. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, and lastly, Dave, um, what's the sort of favourite out of the vehicles that you've had over the years? Um, well, we had a Mercedes SL, which was the two-seater convertible sports car. Yes. Which I got for uh, my wife for her birthday um, about five or six years ago. And this was before we were parents. And That's a nice even- present. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, but the reason we have the car we have now is just that we've just been constantly chopping it in. And as our family has got bigger, we've had to get bigger cars. So the two seater convertible is uh, is just a distant dream now. But we began there with as a little birthday gift and and as a a big birthday gift. And um, it was uh, and, you know, whilst I I can't have the roof down if we're in in town, it makes me so feel so embarrassed makes me oh, really, really cringe yeah i'm you not can, i don't feel do comfortable it. no i mean i i know that i have a reputation and it's one that you've helped perpetuate of being a bit of a poser <laughs> leona but but all, all, in all honesty i'd rather just kind of like cower in in the back if it had a back did you take the roof down when you were out of the city yeah i was kind of quite um i was quite bossy when it came to when the roof could go up and go down sarah jane would be like look you know you've 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 got bought me for my birthday a convertible car it's 35 degrees in the shade can we have the roof down <laughs> I'd be like, no, we'll turn the air conditioning up one notch. Oh, Dave, what are you like? I'm just, the, I'm, well, it's such a cool present, but bought by one of the uncoolest people in the world. I'm so, so surprised. <laughs> I really am surprised. I had, in the 90s, um, a convertible. I had Ooh. no shame driving through the centre of London, and I'd have the music on full blast, ACDC Back in Black album. I didn't care who was looking. Of course. Yeah, no, <laughs> of course. But yeah, I mean, I'm that person who might, you know, what would go and kit out, you know, get all the latest speakers and everything else put in the car, and then just not turn the volume up above three, because I don't want to draw any attention to myself. (laughs) That is so funny. I love that. Oh, Dave, well, thank you so much for joining me in the Rock and Road podcast. It's been lovely to chat to you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for unlocking some lovely fond memories. I hadn't thought about the Mustang or the trip to San Francisco in in a long time. So it was nice to take a trip down memory lane for this. So uh, thanks, Leona, and thanks to everyone who's listening. See you soon. Now on to my album recommendation and there's just one album that's come out recently I thought I'd feature. It is the new one from the Foo Fighters, Medicine at Midnight. First thing to note is it's a really short album. It's only 36 minutes. It has nine songs on it and it opens with a track called Making a Fire, which begins with some na 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 nas which I wasn't expecting, and I quite like it. It's got a kind of 80s feel to that one. Then there's Shame Shame, which was the first single from it, which is a mid-tempo kind of groovy tune. The most uplifting, heaviest and best one on the album is one called No Son of Mine. No connection to the Genesis song. But this one is a much more explosive Foo Fighters kind of tune, featuring some gospel backing vocals as well. This needs to be played at full volume, along with Holding Poison, which starts with a fantastic riff and then some great vocals from Dave going around, around, around. 
I won't try and sing it. Have a listen to it. It's brilliant. And then it ends with Love Dies Young. And it's got a kind of riff at the beginning you could imagine they'd use in some kind of rom-com at the end when the guy is running across the platform to get to the girl and say, I love you in front of the whole crowd. I'd imagine they'd use that there. So that's what I think of the album. It is called Medicine at Midnight. It's quick, but it's feisty and it's good. Check it out now. So that's it from me this week. Please follow me on Instagram at Rock and Road Pod and also at Leona Graham DJ. Thank you to producer Shane at Wilkie Waves on Twitter and Rocking Tech for the visuals on my YouTube channel. Next time on the Rock and Road Pod, another exciting car or motorbike and another exciting guest. Watch my socials to find out what and who at Rock and Road Pod.